everybody. It's your girl, Queenie. Um, I wanted to share with you all a previously recorded podcast or YouTube live and Facebook live that I um, did with the fantabulous uh, author, Melody Law. Um, the name may sound familiar to you because she is the spouse of a, um, a YouTube um, quote unquote self proclaimed life coach that is speaking about narcissist and narcissistic abuse. And um, he's very, very <laughs> uh, colorful in his speech. Um, and he's always bashing his wife. And anyway, I w- or ex-wife, I was blessed to actually have her to join me um, for a sit-down discussion. She has written a book called Charlie's Secret. It is amazing. If you haven't had an opportunity or haven't heard of it, and if you've endured any type of emotional abuse, and I say to you, please go out there and grab her book and get it on Amazon and several other places, but definitely check it out on Amazon. Um, and I am, uh, I guess for lack of better terms, dropping this podcast that we actually recorded back in May because May was um, Mental Health Awareness Month. And of course, any of you that may have dealt with emotional and physical abuse, you know the impact that this type of abuse and experience has on your mental health. So um, this is now, I'm dating this, this is June 1st, and I wanted to make sure that I drop this on podcast on June 1st because today is um, World Narcissistic, Narcissistic Abuse Awareness Day. World Narcissistic Abuse Awareness Day. Try to say that too fast and you may say some of anything. But anyway, um, World Narcissistic Abuse Awareness Day, also known as WNAAD, occurs on June 1st every year. Um, and it was established back in 2016. Um, this movement is growing um, globally. And it's dedicated to raising the profile of narcissistic abuse, awareness of it, shall I say, providing public pathology education and resources for survivors like myself and others. Um, and we hope to affect policy change. Um, it is recognized internationally and we want to continue the conversation all year, but more specifically um, as a collective on June 1st of every year. It is important that we raise awareness about narcissistic abuse, not only to protect the individual victims, but, you know, because ultimately it impacts all of us um, in some way. Um, If your sister is going through it, it's going to impact family. If your mother, if if your brother, you know, it's going to impact the entire family. And worldwide, you know, it's possible that, you know, almost 5 billion people have been negatively affected by a narcissist or um, antisocial person in their lives. And if this were, you know, physical or mental abuse or a physical or mental issue, um, you know, it would easily qualify as a pandemic, right? Um, which underscores the need for greater awareness um, with this. So I felt that, um, not only is Mel's story um, huge, and I think it's going to save lives, and it also sheds light on the psychopathy of individuals, malignant narcissists, 
cerebral narcissists um, that we encounter daily, covert, overt narcissists. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, on and on. Um, you have heard my story. I've openly shared it. Um, I don't care to discuss it too much anymore because I realized that my ex-narc, <laughs> he listens, he tunes in. So um, I don't want to give him any more credit than he needs because, um, uh, you know, I've left that relationship. I've healed and I am hoping that um, he too has healed or is healing in his own way. And anyone that hears me when I talk about this um, experience, I hope that you gain um, something positive from it, right? Just something positive. That so, so I try not to give too much credit or too much energy towards um, my personal situation, but I do want to support those that have experienced it and are writing or speaking um, up and out about their personal experience. Um, I think that narcissistic abuse is such an under-recognized public health issue, you know, because describing what you can't see and prove presents a huge challenge. And narcissists, narcissists can easily present themselves as loving guardians and partners. And, you know, I've, I've, you know I saw it firsthand. Um, and that's why um, um, it's important to, uh, to discuss these invisible wounds. Um, that a lot of people are carrying. Um, and so uh, without further ado, I'm going to plug you all in to the recording uh, that Melody Law and I um, shared. And I hope that you are blessed by it. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope that you follow her, go grab her book, um, follow her on social media and Always leave us a comment, leave us a message. Um, list is two parts. Tune in to the end, and um, yeah, enjoy. Hey y'all, it's your girl Queenie here. How y'all doing tonight? I'm going to give you a few minutes to sign in. It is almost showtime. So if you're watching, whenever you do come on, make sure, <clears throat> one, that you give me a thumbs up. Let me know that you can hear me. And also, yeah, so let me know that you can hear me pretty good. Let's see. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> I see that Joy is in the house. Can you hear me, girlfriend? Hope you can hear me well. I'm so excited that you're here. So if you all could just share this out for me. Um, yeah, share it out, share it here. out. Y'all hear me? See, so we are live. We're good. <laughs> We're good. So tonight, I know y'all saw the flyer. We are talking to an amazing author, Miss Melody Law. Um, I couldn't be more excited, first of all. Um, but secondly, thank you. Thank you, Joy. Thank you so much, sweetheart. But secondly, um, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And 
what better person to bring on this show than Miss Melody Law, who is a, an author. Um, Y'all probably saw me posting some things about her and her book. So I, I have the book right here. Um, and I've been reading, I read the book when I was in Vegas. So for y'all um, that didn't know, I just got back from Vegas and um, I was able to spend some time reading this amazing story, a story that I can relate to. And I think many of you can probably relate to it as well, especially if you're watching this thing. So let me read a little bit about Miss Law and um, then I'm going to talk a little bit about Mental Health Awareness Month. And then we're going to bring Miss Law into studio. All right. Melanie Law is a Washington, D.C. native, a proud mother of two who now resides in sunny Southern California. I'm so jealous. <laughs> she possesses a bachelor's degree in psychology. Melody is a member of the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence and National Organization for Victim Assistance. This bio does not truly tell her story. I've heard this lady speak about domestic violence, um, mental health, and um, PTSD, uh, narcissistic, you know, personality disorder surviving that, um, being in a relationship with someone with that. It's just so much, so many things that I've heard her talk about, so much healing in her story. And um, I, I'm just so excited to be able to bring her here tonight so we can chat. Um, and as I said, Mental Health Awareness Month is um, May. You know, we're sitting in it now. Um, and this month is really meant to just raise awareness um, of the trauma and the impact um, it can have on the physical, emotional, and mental well-being of not just myself, you know, as an adult, but as children, as families as a whole in our communities. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, definitely save space for um, discussing mental health and the responses that we have to abuse and things of that nature during this month. And, um, and Melanie said she would come and share some of this wonderful book and some of her stories. So let's bring her on into the studio, Melody. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi, Mel. Welcome to the Relationship Zone, the podcast. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You're over there in sunny California. I just left from your, your side of town. Um, it's still yeah. bright and beautiful over there. <laughs> Actually, today we had kind of like a little mild overcast, but yeah, it's really bright and sunny right now. Yeah. Oh my god! It's starting to kind of like wind down. Yeah. And you're an East Coast girl. You are an East Coast yeah, girl. I'm East Coast girl. Born and raised on the uh, East Coast, and here I am over here on the West Coast now, and I'm totally adjusting just fine. God, are you really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh totally. my goodness. Okay, I have to ask the question. Because okay. you're, from, you're from the same area I'm living in. So how's yes. that traffic situation over there? So I I say it's horrible. <laughs> it? To be totally honest, it's, it's horrible. And what I'm told is that it's not even as bad as it's supposed to get, you know, because we're still in the pandemic, you know, yes. things are starting to normalize. And it's, 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 it's a challenge. I okay. But I, don't, I don't have to travel far. Everything that you know, I do is totally right in my vicinity. So okay, I'm okay. So what about public transportation? Since I've never lived in Cali, but you yeah. know, I'm DC girl, so you know the whole Maryland DC DMV. I know how to get around from mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. So how is public transportation over there? I don't take public transportation, but most people hear Uber. You know, oh, okay. either Uber yeah. or Lyft or something like that. Yeah, and I will say, which is surprising, is that. Um, Uber and Lyft is very affordable here. I think because nice. the population is so large, yeah. and so many people are using it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, depending on the time of day, I can 
taking Uber all the way from home to the airport, and it's only like twenty something bucks. Yeah. Oh, I love it, love it, love it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's good. so you know, so when I do come through, because I'm definitely yeah, coming yeah. back. Um, I got to visit. I need to see what Callie has to offer me. <laughs> okay, so listen, honey, I am Let's so yeah, I'm so grateful to have you here tonight. Um, as I was sharing earlier, I when I was in um out in Nevada, I had an opportunity to read this book and. It's a easy read. It's so interesting. I mean, I was out in the, I was, look, I was on the horses with you. I was everywhere. <laughs> this, the, 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 this book is so good and it's so, it's filled with so many nuggets. Um, I mean, I just, one, one thing, I cannot thank you enough for writing this story. Um, I believe with all the interviews that I've done with women that have endured the type of of abuse that you speak of in this in this book, you wrote this for us, and um, I I am so humbled by it, and I thank you so much for writing Don't this story. Don't get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. so easy for me to do. Well, I just hope that the ladies and the gentlemen um, that watch this interview or hear this interview, I do hope they go out and they and they read this book because it is you know one you tell a story that many of us can relate to and. Um, it was as if when I was reading some of the passages, I was like, wow, that's, that was me. I went through, I went through that. I know what this, what the character yeah. is feeling, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? So yeah. I want to know um, your why, like what was, what was Melody's why for writing Charlie's secret and for sharing parts of your own story as well? Yeah. Um, Honestly, what I can say is it had to be divine intervention. Um, I had no intentions of writing a novel. However, I will say I've always wanted to write, but I never thought that it would have been my life story. And I would say it started with journaling because mm -hmm. I was literally going through um, a mental breakdown. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening to me. And to process it, I felt like if I can compartmentalize and write it out in journaling, Mm -hmm. and see it in a story, you yeah. know, that I can own it, you know, because so much of my reality had been manipulated. I didn't know what was real, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I yeah. didn't understand what was real, what was false. And I'm like, mm -hmm. who am I? What is going on? So mm -hmm. I started out with journaling. And then once I journaled and I could kind of see a correlation of what was going on, I said, you know what? Maybe if I put this into like a creative story mm -hmm. and people can see this, they can kind of see themselves. So then that's what happened after that was I wanted to free people, liberate them. You oh. know? Um, and I think that sometimes you think that you're by yourself. And I wanted the story to tell you you're not alone. You know, you're not the only person that's going through this. And not only that, you can free yourself from it. And there's a beautiful life on the other side. Oh, yeah. so that, was my that is so beautiful. Life. My whole, my whole reason why. Yeah, I love it. That is so, so, so beautiful. So I know we talked earlier about, you know, yeah. reading some excerpt from, from the book, right? I want, okay. of course, you know, for those that may not have the book yet, but they're going to get the book. <laughs> I want them to hear, you know, pieces of this story. So okay. could you please pick and, and read one of the excerpts from the book for us? Oh, sure. Let's see. <laughs> Okay, here's one. I'm going to read from the preface. Okay, I'm going to follow along. Okay, okay. 
I had always made excuses for Mark. I had been living a lie, hoping the perfect family everyone saw out in public would one day become my reality in private. But that night, as I crouched to the kitchen floor in pain, my husband hesitated between taking me to the hospital and finishing what he had started with our son. Who on earth was this man I married? I married, I was married to a malignant narcissist. All the signs were there, everything aligned, but deep down inside, I wanted it to work. Having come from an abusive home, I knew for certain that this wasn't the kind of life I wanted for my children or myself. In hindsight, staying only created more damage than I could have ever imagined. If only I had loved myself enough to walk away. Mm, 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 mm. You know, I think yeah. that um, as survivors, and I guess at some point you are a victim before you become a survivor. Yeah. You know, and that's what in reality is what's happening is we got to learn to love ourselves because what's yeah. happening is we're loving the abuser more than ourselves. Yes. You know, we're trying to fix them, show them what real love is. And, mm -hmm. and then we try to, um, get them to mirror us. Like if yeah. I continue to uh, forgive you, you'll sh I'll show you what forgiving is like. What is it mm -hmm. like to be selfless when all the time, each time you do this, you're totally like neglecting yourself. Yeah. You know, you're totally yeah. losing yourself in the process. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like nothing left, honestly. Yeah, until, yeah, until you don't even recognize yourself. Yes. And that's exactly what happened. I didn't you know. No longer that, recognize yourself. No longer recognize yeah, yeah. So so let me share, you know, I've shared this story before. Um, and, and so when you read that, and of course, when I read it, I was just like, absolutely. I often ask myself, like, why did I just not? Why was I not honest? I, I know what I saw. I know what I was experiencing. Yeah. You know, why did I cover or protect or why did I do any of those things? You know, um, and, and the interesting thing that I personally did was my ex was and is an alcoholic. And, yeah. um, and I remember, you know, trying to confront him about the alcoholism, concerned about the alcoholism, realizing how, you know, um, you know, how it was really just dismantling anything that we was trying to create. And I remember and knowing that he rejected any type of help or any type of recognizing what was going on. Um, I decided to go and, and join some of the Al-Anon meetings so I could get help. And understand, yeah. So I can understand you can help him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. like, you know, because when you go to Al-Anon, you learn how to manage yourself in <laughs> yeah. this toxic environment. Mm -hmm. And it was a wake-up call. I'm thinking, why am I here trying to get help for myself so that I don't respond or react to his alcoholism and his outburst versus just saying, you know, well, if you do not want to get help and if you refuse to get help, then I'm going to just leave. Yeah. a relationship. And I, I mean, I, I didn't until, you know, some time later, but it, it was just a wake up call though, looking at how I was trying to adjust my own behavior so that I could keep him comfortable. <laughs> yeah. and, and unfortunately that's the case, you know, yes. for me, what I found is everything was linked to childhood trauma. Oh yeah. So covering up for an abuser is something is learned, you know, it's also yeah. learned. So you yeah. figure growing up as a kid, you know, your parents having a big fight or something happened, you learn to cover, you know, it becomes a norm, you know, yes. you explaining why, you know, your parents, you know, didn't come to the PTA or mm -hmm. someone can't come over, your friends can't come over and visit, you know, mm -hmm. because something heated must have just happened or right. the tension is a little thick in the house. So you learn to cover. You learn it. Yes. Unfortunately, you, you learn it. Yeah, you do. What goes on? You do what what goes on in this house stays in this house. There you go. 
you learn it. <laughs> you learn. It. So you mentioned childhood trauma. So can you share your thoughts, you know, on childhood trauma or as I call it, emotional depravity um, and how it affects us and maybe show up in our adulthood relationships? Um, I'd say conditioning. Mm. It, it conditions us. Yeah. You know, it, it, it teaches us that that's what's familiar. And if you have um, emotional depravity, you will then navigate, right, and be attracted to relationships that aren't, aren't emotionally available. Absolutely. Because that's what you are familiar with, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. the, the, those are the waters you learn to swim in. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so it's someone t- else who's a little more emotionally conscious or healthy, mm-hmm. you know, when they get into a relationship with someone who's not available, they know, oh, this isn't right, let me not. Yes. But for me, it was what I was used to. I was like, oh. okay, yeah, unfortunately. Yes, yes. So now, so when you say was what maybe you were used to, you where were you first introduced to like the emotional depravity or whatever tolerance level that you may have, um, you saw show up in your adulthood? Where do you think you first saw that? Where were you introduced to that first? By my parents, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times emotional depravity isn't always intentional. Sometimes parents are doing the best they can do with yes. the tools that they have, you know? Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, a single parent working long hours and you may be home a long time by yourself yeah. and you're coupled with maybe your video games, you know? Mm-hmm. For me, in my situation, I grew up in a two-parent um, household. Mm-hmm. My parents were married. Mm-hmm. Um, they were business owners. They were entrepreneurs and they had multiple businesses in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so just imagine being spread between those businesses. And I was, I felt like the only child because my sister is like uh, 12 years, my elder, and um, I was home a lot by myself. So Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, my babysitter was a TV, (laughs) 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 you know, um, and, and they had a very tumultuous relationship, you know, it was probably because, you know, they worked together all day. They were together all the time, you know? That coupled with being um, married so young, they my mom married my dad when she was like 16. Mm-hmm. So 16, 17, when she got pregnant, my sister was 16, married my dad when I was 16, 17, something like yeah. that. So yeah. not making excuses, but I think they just did the best they could with what they had. And they were really trying to create a better life. Yeah. You know, but in doing so, you know, there were a lot of shortcomings that I, you know, suffered from. Right. And, and, and I get that. And I think there's a lot of us that, you know, you know, any of us have ever gone to therapy, we see the linkage from how we were raised, nurtured or lack thereof, and yeah. now how we show up in relationships. Um, nature versus nurture. nurture absolutely. <laughs> and, and, I, and I will even share, and I've shared this before, that one of my discoveries was I had such a high tolerance for um, misbehavior, for toxic behavior, for neglect, for abuse, for things of that nature because of my mother. So growing up with my mom, she was very, very abusive. I only lived with her for like four or five years, but it was um, my formative years where I was exposed to understand. Well, I understood that this person's supposed to love me, but this is how she loved me. And it was abusive and it was painful. And it, it actually... It's like it strengthened my resilience, right? And or my tolerance. And then when I got into the toxic relationship with the narcissist, he was familiar. He reminded me of my mother. And I tolerated it because, hey, I had already dealt with, (laughs) 
and I survived that. So yeah. So, <laughs> but I think. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I think that when we go through the process of unpacking our stuff, we can see the link, you know, yes. we, can, we can see the linkage. So go ahead, please. And my correlation was my father. You know, mm-hmm. I would say if I had the opportunity to diagnose, which I don't, you know, a lot of us loosely use the term narcissism yes. and narcissist and stuff. But if I had to diagnose my dad, I would say was an um, overt narcissist you okay know? very arrogant like you knew he was coming when he came into the room yes you know, hard worker and, but his I think was also brought on with his alcoholism mm-hmm. and I knew that he I always looked at my dad as he just has tough love I understand mm-hmm. it yeah but then when I got into a relationship that mirrored him I felt like same thing yes I, oh I know how to, to yes. work with this person I understand him so basically, mm-hmm. in a sense, I'm, I married my father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was, you know, my dad was verbally abusive. He, mm-hmm. You know, so I was conditioned to certain names and, yeah. you know, to be, to hearing yeah. that, you know, yes. hearing that type of, um, that, that type of um, verbiage, you know, using yeah. language in the household. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's something that we have to definitely pay attention to because it's, yeah. there, there is a huge connection to it. All right. So, so this book yes. is, um, MPD, Narcissist Personality Disorders, all through it. Yes. Okay. Talk to me, sister. How has being exposed to MPD changed or even affected your life? Mm, unfortunately, you know, you know, I'm big on transparency. Of course. Yes. Really yeah. It has affected my life in a sense that you never heal from exposure to MPD. Yeah. You just learn how to maneuver, you know, mm-hmm. and go on, move on with your life. You're totally affected forever. I mean, in everybody's life, what are we all? We are all a compilation of, of life experiences. Yes. That makes us all who we are. You just have to learn to navigate beyond that. Um, and I would say now I'm in the healing process. I will. I think I always will be. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like healing and going through NPD is traumatic. People mm. just just don't know. It's so traumatic, and I mm. think it's so underestimated. Um, but I would say um, I have a, a issue with trust. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't let people in my space. I'm very, very guarded. My circle is very small, and mm-hmm. I think I don't think that'll ever change because. Right. When you think about it, just imagine being married to someone for 20, well, I was 24 years and some months, right? Just shot mm-hmm. out yeah. to being married to somebody for 25 years. This is someone that I birthed kids for, mm-hmm. I shared my life with, I made so many sacrifices emotionally, physically, um, financially, and to mm-hmm. find out that was all of us, it was all fake. Yeah. It wasn't real, you know? Oh. It, that is so that can be so damaging to somebody. Yeah. You know yeah. How do you trust after that? And how do you know who's real and who's fake? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So it's kind of like after that, look at everybody's side eye, like, who are you? Honey, <laughs> ain't that the truth? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you listen to them. Yeah. And then you listen past anything they say. Yes. Like, yeah. hmm, okay. All right. I hear you. <laughs> So, you know, the, the, like I said, you know, I, I reading this book, um, 
there's so many things in here that I could relate to. And, and of course I shared it out to several of my uh, closest survivors because what I realized is like you said, the healing journey is nonstop. It's nonstop. Um, Triggers are all around from smells (laughs) to places, spaces, conversations. Look, I, I remember yeah. there was a time I couldn't even buy an an item if it even remotely looked like his name was somewhere near it. <laughs> and it, it had nothing to do with hate him. It had no, it, it was just, I was triggered by it. Mm-hmm. And so this book opened up a lot of my experience. I mean, it just, it was, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. I mean, you told the story so well and i've shared it with so many people and and they're all saying the same thing like oh my god queenie oh my god i can't believe you know (laughs) because they see themselves in this so if you would could could you just read like one more excerpt from your book before we move on (laughs) that's why also um why i wanted to express it in artistic fashion because when i was going through it when and as a um as a survivor, as a victim at the time, you don't yeah. know what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if someone, even when you read about narcissism and you read about situations that are happening, it's like yeah. not until you can identify with something that mirrors what you're going through, then you're like, oh, aha, that's me, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll read another excerpt. Let's see. Thank um, you. Okay, I'll read the excerpt from um, uh, chapter one. Okay. And chapter one is entitled Love Bombed. And if you are (laughs) um, familiar with that, (laughs) MPD, you are aware that Love Bombed is where it all starts. Okay. Mm -hmm. But here we go. With trembling hands and black mascara running down my face, dissolved by my salty tears, I pulled out my fuchsia fenty lipstick and wrote on my bathroom mirror. The light was on, but the room appeared dark. My vision was clouded by an overwhelming feeling of despair. What is real? What is truth? And who am I? Charlie lives here. I softly read out the words I wrote on the mirror. Charlie lives here. I repeated, hoping my level of conviction would rise with the sound of my voice. I can no longer distinguish between my reality and my imagination. My reality had been manipulated for many years until all that remained was a shell of who I used to be. My mind and my emotions were continually attacked by a man I called my husband for over 25 years. But how did it all begin? And why did it take me so long to figure out that something was wrong? Mm, 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 mm. Girlfriend, girlfriend. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. You know, you have read some really great, excerpts from this book um i have two lines yeah well maybe maybe a little more but i have two that i want to read to you in the very beginning of the book when i knew that this book was for me um actually what i told my sister as well so i'm going to read this really quick um it was so so powerful and i still plan to write an actual review out there but it was so powerful as soon as i started reading this Okay. The one question you said, do you know, well, not even a question, a statement. You said, do you know that one of the effects of dealing with a narcissist or an abuser, I say, is that you make excuses for them? This was my unfortunate reality. When the police came to question me about what happened, 
I told them I had fallen down the stairs. Yes, I lied to the police. That for me was profound because I saw myself doing the same thing before. And there's so many abused, abused or survivors of abuse that have a very similar story. We've yeah. all lied. And people ask, well, why did you lie? And we're kind of stuck with the guilt and the shame. You of control knowing. the situation. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> and the, yes. And one of the other ones, and it's still still in the pre preface. It's um, but narcissists are neither reasonable nor do they take accountability for their actions. And I learned that the hard way. I did the same thing. I learned the hard way, thinking if I just explained it enough, he would finally get it and he would just own it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and That's we get not so what they do. Wanting to win, you know, we get so caught up with wanting to win, and we're like, if I can just explain it enough, and and that person can have compassion and see what yes. you're doing to your family, yes. you know, what you're doing to me, and the whole situation. But what happens is, you have to realize, narcissists do not change. They are, and this isn't a. Uh, and medical terminology. I'm going to just tell you what helped me understand. Sure, sure. That they're empty. They don't have an identity. Right. You know? And however they can get some type of resource from you is what creates who they are, you know? Yeah. So it's like I got so caught up with winning, wanting to win my family over and all the time. I was losing yeah. So I just want to give a message to people. Don't get caught up in winning. Just focus on yourself. Narcissists will never, ever change. You cannot change them. Now, if you mm-hmm. make a conscious decision or effort to say, I'm going to stay in this and I'm okay with things never changing, then that's your business. More power to you. But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you now, they never change. The only thing you can do in anybody's situation, whether it's a narcissist, physical abuse, whatever the situation is, right. is change yourself. We yeah. only have yeah, we only have dominion over ourselves. That's yes. it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if you own and accept that, the world totally opens up. I'm, it does. <laughs> it, and it, I'm like, yeah. I, I'm not just saying this. I'm totally talking about it from experience, you know. Yeah. So for me, go ahead, no, please. No, no, no. Go I was just saying like, for me, I had to totally own that and literally take a step, leap out in faith and leave everything behind and start a whole new life. Because, you know, with narcissists, when you're trying to leave a situation like that, especially a malignant one, they do everything to discredit you. They Mm -hmm. um, try to ruin relationships with uh, people that you may have in common, Mm -hmm. family members. Um, Fortunately, it wasn't my children because my children lived it. So they knew. That's the thing. You know, when people in the household know what's really going on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My children, both my kids are here, even though they're grown. They're here in California, too. Nice. Okay. Um, So I would just say, I know for me, I just had to totally leave everything, you know, behind. I walked away, the house, everything, even three-fourths of my clothes, you know, started over, you know, Target was my friend. That's okay because guess what? You have peace of mind and 
You can walk around in, in Target clothes, Family Dollar clothes, thrift store clothes, and honey, be so happy and so free. It does not even matter. And like I told you, um, and I don't know if anybody else on you know on a call or that'll be listening, I suffered from psychotraumatic uh, trauma. Yeah. So I had physical things that were going on with me that I didn't understand what was happening. I mean, I was in the doctor's office. I kid you not. Not the whole 25 years, but it had built, got to a point where it had built up so bad that I would say around year 15, 20, mm-hmm. I had all types of things going on with me. I had anxiety. I had panic attacks. I had PTSD. I had um, trichotillomania. Trichotillomania is when you pull your hair out. Yes. Yeah. I had trichotillomania. Um, I had heart palpitations. I had... <laughs> Um, oh, I was um, a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was having a schema, like there would be things going on in my body, you know, like sensations of heat. Yes. All of this from long exposure to stress. Mm-hmm. And I would go to these doctors and they would tell me all the tests are coming up fine. There's nothing wrong. I mean, I would be at work, Holter monitors, a Holter monitor is a, it's a monitor, you know, monitors your heart. Yeah. You know, we think there was some type of, uh, electrical impulses going on wrong with my heart. No, it was all stress. Let me tell you, when I left everything behind, I had mm-hmm. not pulled my hair in a year plus. Wow. And that was big for me. I'm serious. I had, yes. all I had was, I mean, all my hair was like pretty much pulled out. Oh. Yeah, no panic attacks. Oh, I also mm-hmm. had developed um, phobias. Mm-hmm. I started to have a phobia of driving, mm-hmm. heights. I'm telling you, when you are exposed to stress for that long of a period, girl, it's, yeah. it's so detrimental to your health. It is. Oh, my goodness. I am so glad that you made it out and yeah. you chose yourself yeah. um, before totally losing yourself. Yeah. So, you know, I, I commend you. I need an applause button over here because oh, I know I know it wasn't easy. You know, I know it, it wasn't. Remember, I talked about being caught up in winning. So yes, just the, and I go into detail about it in the book. You know, the house that we shared, it was totally in my name. Wow, I was the only one financially responsible, but both of us were on the deed. You yeah. know, so when I walked away, he stopped paying anything and stayed in the house. You know, so oh. that was a lot for me to swallow, and I had mm-hmm. to say, you know what. God has got me. He'll take care of me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he blessed me with a new house. And I guess yeah, you got to choose yourself. You got to choose, choose yourself. yourself. I can only imagine where I'd be if I stayed in Maryland trying to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. And and you know, you know, of course, the listeners do not know exactly how you and I met each other, but you know, I know that big, beautiful home that you're talking about. And, um, I'm so glad that you were not, you didn't continue to stay married to the home, to the property. Um, Because I think for so many, we do. Um, We stay connected to the the status, to the things, to the years, to the thoughts and the opinions of others while losing our own self um, and sometimes losing our life. So I, I'm I commend you greatly for choosing what you know to be right over something else to satisfy the onlookers because yeah. it, they they're not living your story, yeah. you know. I, I will say that was a crutch. That was a 
problem, yes. you know, we kind of overcome as well because yeah. we figure, especially in the black community, you know, we kind of get, we were coined as couple goals, oh, you know? Yes. Yeah. Make a post when people will put the hashtag couple goals. I want to yeah. be like you. So it's like, oh my God, I'm not right. letting down my community. You know, I got to show them that, you know, real love exists, but yeah. this ain't real. Yeah. This is, this is what's better though, is being honest and, yeah. And and actually, I think another thing in the Black community, we start talking about mental health. I don't believe that we label things enough. Label meaning as many other communities label, mean, meaning as the psychology world labels, so that we can clearly define the behaviors and the actions versus just passing them off as just normal. That's just yeah. who he or she is. So I think that it's great that you, one, you recognize what you were in and you are able to articulate that in your journaling, <clears throat> excuse me, in your storytelling. Um, because now this reaches so many more of us because it touches the heart. This is this is reality. This is something that I think many people go through, but they sometimes just pass it off. They sweep it underneath the rug. But but you shook the rug and you letting us see the reality that you can have something beautiful that looks beautiful and great and amazing and couple goals. But then this is the secret that you're hiding. Yeah, and, and, and there's a lot. Sometimes there's a lot. I'm not saying in all situations, mm-hmm. but there's sometimes darkness behind closed doors. And and another thing that you know empowered me to also write is I wanted people to see what mental abuse looks like. You know, it's too often you know I heard people say, or or he would say, I would say my ex, my abuser, you know. He would say things like, oh, you're acting like, you know, you got black eyes. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) But unfortunately, people in society, they kind of think that way. Like, unless it's something tangible that you can see. Yeah. You know, it's not really given any type of credibility. Right. You know, and mental abuse, man, it is it is real because that kills people too. you know, and it affects the people around them as well, you know, the children, yeah. you know, and that's a whole nother story. Yes. That's, that's for them to tell, you know, not yeah. for me to tell, but yeah, it affects people around you. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit more, Melody, about your healing journey. You started your, you, you started your journaling, um, two questions. And then of course I want you to go into a little bit about the journey. How did you finally recognize from how did you recognize that this was bigger than just, you know, some bad times in the relationship, some lows in the relationship? How did you really realize that you were fighting and in this, and in this, in this book, Charlie was fighting something way larger than just some lows in the, in the marriage? Yeah. I would say counseling. Okay. Yeah. So to back up a little bit, First, I would say when I was going through and didn't know what was happening, I think it's important for people to um, still create a healthy circle or community for themselves, an outlet. For me, it was horses, you know. So I had got uh, gotten into the equine, the black equine community in my neighborhood or in our area, the um, DMV, <laughs> as we say, DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. And um, that gave me uh, a safe place, you know, and somewhere where I can kind of like um, uh, be myself and feel safe and have healthy relationships that were outside 
of my marriage to sustain myself. Okay. Um, and then I would say, uh, moving forward, when that wasn't su enough or sufficient, I went to get counseling. And that's when in counseling, I would express what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the counselor is like, um, that's not normal. <laughs> and I would say, I, I will say, I wasn't, my counselor did not diagnose. Okay, this is what I'll say. My counselor had the privilege of seeing both me and the ex, right? Okay. At some point in time. Mm -hmm. And what she did was she sent me a email and the email was how to um, recover from NPD abuse. Wow. And that right there was powerful because yeah. we all loosely use the term, you know, oh, he's a narcissist. And a lot of times, a lot of narcissists think that people who create boundaries against them are narcissists. Are narcissists. <laughs> Which is my ex, you know, like he got yeah. a whole YouTube page saying that he's a, you know, <laughs> a life coach and he's a victim of narcissism. Right. But, but for me, you figure my therapist, she didn't diagnose him and say, you know, uh, HIPAA laws and stuff. You can't do that. But she sent me, you know, some literature. And the literature is how to overcome narcissistic abuse. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? So I read that, and that was a start. So that was a start in my healing was um, therapy, I would say. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, look, I can relate. Been there, done it, honey. Been there, done it. <laughs> um so when you, I, I know that you, again, are an East Coast girl and you yeah. have now made your new home, whether it's permanent or temporary, you've made your new home across all the way on the other side to the West Coast. So um, why, you know, even like, like I said, even reading the book and, and seeing, you know, how you evolved and how you began to grow and realize what was going on and you articulated it so, so well, but why do you think your journey um, has led you all the way to the West Coast, um, writing, becoming an amazing author, um, advocating publicly and openly, telling this story and telling your story, being so transparent? Why do you think that's, you know, have been, has become your path? Because I know not everyone is going to do it that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I want say, to become your path. I would say I don't take any credit. I think it's just divine intervention. Yeah. The yeah. way things lined up, once I decided to take a leap of faith, you know, mm -hmm. by saying, look, I mean, that says a lot to walk away from a house that you're the yeah. only one financially tied to yes. and say that, hell with it, I'm gone. Right. <laughs> and then to move 3,000 miles away to a state where you got no family or friends, you know, I only knew a couple people. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot. Um, so I would say I don't take any credit. Um, I think that I just want people to see that if I can do the almost impossible, yeah, that mm -hmm. anything is possible. Yes, you know? anything yeah. is possible. Yeah, anything is possible. Uh, oh my God, yes, and and it took courage, girl. Courage, boldness, faith. Girl. I mean, the tenacity. <laughs> All I can say is when I tell you faith. This is the, just an example of the level of faith. I really had to take a leap of faith and trust God. Yeah. I put a contract on a house I had never set foot in. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't step foot in this house until the day of closing. Wow. You know, and and I think that God talks us, talks to us all. You know, but a lot of times we don't listen because we want what we want. But guess who knows best for us? Yeah. Your yeah. father, the father. Absolutely. You know, yeah. He knows what's best. You know, but yeah. we sit there and we keep on trying to pray. Oh, change his heart, God. <laughs> Giving every sign. It doesn't mean move three thousand miles away. You know, I'm not saying that, but it's just saying like move on. You know, move on with your life. Take that next step, and I'll carry you the rest of the way. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So, so let, let me, let me just, I'm, I know we're about to wrap up, but I want to make sure I touch, touch a little bit on the horses. My yeah. daughter, first of all, she is an animal science major. She loves animals. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, she, she loves animals. Fantastic. I took her up, I've taken her up to Maryland, um, to Piscataway horse riding stables. Um, all in love, of course, that's kind of our thing. You know, we're doing a little bit more often now that the pandemic is where it's at, you know. Um, Oh my god, it is so so amazing! And so, when I saw it in the book, I just giggled, just like, Oh my god, this is right (laughs) in the street, this is what she's talking about. So Tell me, what did you love most from spending so much valuable time with your horses? Oh, man. First, I want to also include and incorporate not just the horses, but the equine community. And what yes. I learned is that there are good people in the world. You know, it's okay to trust again. Everybody is not manipulative. Not yeah. Everyone's not out to get you or abusive. But there are really good people in the world. And that's what I, I would say I learned about um the horse community. And then with my mm-hmm. horses, um, <laughs> for me, they help build uh, self-esteem. Yes. Um, they help me temper my emotions because when you ride horses, horses are so sensitive. They feed on your energy. They know when you're tense, you're uptight, you know. So I knew that if I was going to ride and want to have a calm, relaxing ride, <laughs> I, had to be, I had to be calm myself. So it helped me with like breathing techniques and things like that. Um, you know, in meditation, I started doing things like that. And I knew that I had to do that in myself if I wanted the better better or best outcome from my horses. Yes. Yeah. So tell me, black girl with horses. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Honey, listen, I, you know, I've seen everybody with horses, right? But it was yeah. so beautiful, of course, because, you know, um, I know your ex and I used to see the beautiful pictures that he would share of you on your horse. And I'm just like, she's so beautiful. Oh, you know. <laughs> um, but I mean, do you still ride? And I mean, you're out in, in, yes, in- I, girl, my horses are here. I mean, oh, I, 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 yes, yeah, I relocated my horses here. Um, I used mm-hmm. to have three, but uh, you know, the kids are grown now, so I have, yeah. uh, I kept two of them. Okay. Um, and they're here, not far from me. Like literally, I say probably about uh, three miles from here. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't, oh my gosh, they're part of my world. I love them <laughs> so much. I mean, like I said, they sustained me through oh, such rough periods in my life. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's something about the horses that they're such majestic beasts. Mm-hmm. So angelic. They're so powerful. It's so humble, yeah. you know, it teaches yeah. you such humility. Like this is a, 
animal that's on an average of 1,500 pounds. Yes. <laughs> but they allow you to help maneuver and move, you know, yeah. and maneuver and, and using this modes of transportation. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's, man, that's a humbling experience. Oh. Yes. Yes. And and they're they're wonderful. I love horses. We just we just went riding a couple weeks ago and and I felt this guilt of riding on. uh, It was I don't know. You know, I I love animals. I felt this guilt. And I think the whole time we were riding for some reason that day, I was just super sensitive. And I was like, are you okay? You know, like I was just so sensitive over our, you know, our trek up through the trails. Um, But, you know, there's a beautiful love that, you know, you can experience with with such a a huge, you know, creature. yeah, so it, it's wonderful. So how did they adjust with them? You know, you taking them from here to there and in their new stables. Have they adjusted well been over there? Yeah, they've adjusted well now. I will say it was a it was a transition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because to get them trailered here, it took they were on the trailer for like almost a week. You know, so that's a oh, long yeah. time. So once they got here, they were a little, you know, sore and a little uneasy and things or, like that. But I would say it took them about a good three months to settle in. Yeah. And not only that, the terrain here is different. So you figure on the East Coast, you have trees and woods yes. and yes. grass, right? Yes. And you, here you got canyon, <laughs> desert. Poor so, baby. and then a lot of cliff, you know, yeah. you got like high altitudes and riding mm-hmm. and things like that. So it was an adjustment, not only for them, but for myself as well. For you, yeah. Oh my now. goodness! Well, I'm glad you got your babies with you, and I'm glad yeah. your, your your boys are with you as well. Yeah, I can only thank God. Yeah, I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. Well, as you see, Jackie Green said that they miss you. Oh, and I miss them too. Let me tell you something. <laughs> There's no place like Piscataway. I don't care. Yeah. Even though I got like palm trees and sunny skies mm. and great weather. It's nothing like Piscataway. Yeah. Nothing. If I could, girl, if I could just take that place and sit right. here in <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I'm holding it down for you. You're visiting like once or twice a month. So definitely I'll hold it down for you. Yeah. yeah. So um, from our chat, from our comments, uh, we have a question. And, you know, you, you can definitely take a stab at this. Norman just asked, you know, what causes someone to be an abuser? Um. So one thing I also say, no matter what I've gone through, I think that, um, and that's what I want also people, and I I express it in my book as well, Mm -hmm. compassion, you know, and understanding and educating yourself. And what you find is the abuser was once abused, you know, the abuser abuser is a victim too. Absolutely. You know, and I do, I have compassion, but that doesn't mean I need, you know, I have to (laughs) keep a relationship with that. That's right. But I understand, you know, and it helps me with um, the process to move on and forget, you know? So that's what I would Mm -hmm. say is what causes one to be the abusers. If they were once abused, hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. And one other question from Norman he asked, are a lot of abusers narcissists or if not most abusers narcissists? Um, I'm not a clinician. Yeah. So I, I like to give that disclaimer first. Yeah. <laughs> so what I was going to say, my answer is just opinion. Okay. It's public opinion. And I think that um, I would say most abusers are 
if yeah. there was probably some studies done and if I did enough research or we did enough research, I think there's just a deep correlation yeah. between narcissism and uh, abusers, you know? Right. I would yeah. definitely think so. There would have to be a, a, a high number of percentage. Or right, right, too. right. And 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 I agree with you. I'm not I'm not a clinician either. Um, I have a lived experience, and I think that that is just as valuable. Um, I would say that um, I do believe that there's a difference between someone with narcissistic tendencies yeah. and someone with that we could fully, from the DSM five, say that they are NPD on the NPD spectrum high, like they're they're there. Right. Right. Um, Because I think there's a bit of narcissist, you know, for any of us to have the confidence that it takes to move around and we have to have a bit of narcissism, right? Some, but the MPD, the abuser that we're talking about, um, they truly have a disorder or disease and that you know, is a totally different, it's just a different animal because then you got to get into malignant, covert, overt, oh, you know, right. cerebral, <laughs> you got all this, you know, all yeah. these, you got to break it all the way down. Um, so are all abusers narcissistic or are all abusers NPD? Maybe some are very narcissistic and many are cowards to be quite honest um, because they kind of throw the rocks and hide their hand. So many, I would say many, many probably do have um, the, have some level of narcissism that, um, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> exceeds any normal level of yeah. narcissism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's difficult because I've seen, I've known some abusers, like I said before, you know, they may have other mental disorders that are not necessarily linked to narcissism, Um, and they become abusers, physical. I think that my manipulators though are a different animal altogether. Yeah. And I think uh, to add on to that, you make a very valid point. And that is, I think that most abusers have some type of mental, um, imbalance. I should say that maybe not necessarily NPD, but Mm. I would say some type of mental health imbalance, you know, whether it's, um, schizophrenia, you know, some type of personality disorder, um, something, some type of um, uh, unresolved childhood trauma. I think that there's right. some type of mental illness or mental health imbalance there. Mm-hmm. Whether it's necessarily NPD, I would say a, a great vast majority of them. Yeah. But like I said, I'm not a health clinician. I don't claim yeah. to be. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, don't claim to just... be. I think that a lot of times we loosely throw around the term narcissism and you got it, or narcissist. And you got to be careful with that because, yeah. like you said, we all we all have that trait. Yeah, and it's a healthy trait. To yes, have. it is. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah, it's just that a narcissist or someone with MPD, they don't even have the capability yes. to empathize. Absolutely. And not only that, they go to any extent to get what they want, mm-hmm. and they don't understand who they hurt and how someone is hurt in the process. Yes. They don't Absolutely. understand and can't perceive the destruction, mm-hmm. you know, and um, they do anything to, to any extent to get what they want. They will lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, right. anything. And yeah. that's the difference between someone who has a little bit of narcissism or yeah. narcissistic tendencies 
and a narcissist. So yes. A personality disorder. And the I personality say, disorder. Yeah, and then someone else, and then someone who is malignant, and if they don't get their way, they will be very vengeful. And in my yeah. case, that's what I dealt with. Someone who um, created a smear campaign against me through yeah. social media, has, yeah. has a whole channel, you know, just yeah. my name. Um, uh, to play the victim, um, they will do things like I've been filed false charges against yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can lose my job and it would mess up my um, my security clearance at work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they go to the extreme, extreme yeah. to to vindicate, you know, to be to be vindictive. Yes, so yes. That answers anyone's question when people say like, "What's the big deal of narcissism?" It's bigger than oh, you got a guy and he's cheating. That's you right. Know, we're human, you know? Right. <laughs> Things happen. I'm not saying it's okay, but we're human. Just because you cheat, you may be yeah. narcissistic, <laughs> but you don't have narcissism personality disorder. That's because, right. You know, you had some type of extramarital affair or uh, <laughs> cheated on, you know, your partner. Like, no. It's, yeah. It's yeah. But there's a huge <laughs> difference. There's a huge difference between someone that stepped out, cheated, yeah. had an affair, and someone that is absolutely disordered and would turn around and tell you that the affair is all your fault. That's a totally different. <laughs> that's, um, yeah. That's different. Um, yeah. And I, I do believe, you know, I think we, we have to, whenever we talk about narcissism, that's why I'm so quick to say like, there's a difference between narcissist or narcissistic kind of tendencies and narcissistic personality disorder. Because sometimes I think we believe narcissists are just ego driven. Right. The disorder is so much more. It actually so should be, it should be criminalized. That's how yeah. bad the abuse can become from a person that has MPD and oftentimes are not diagnosed. Instead, we have to have a conversation about the behaviors and then match it up with the, when the therapists give you a video, right? Or you read a DSM five book and you're like, wait a minute, I've seen. That's when you really realize what you're dealing with. I'm so glad you touched on that because I know for me, my abuser was so vindictive. I mean, he will, I mean, I was audited by the IRS. Like anything this person can do, you yeah. know, things were done to try to destroy me. Mm -hmm. um, and the unfortunate thing is mental abuse is not recognized like in, the state of, in the state of Maryland is law grounds for divorce. Right. So there are many times where I've gone to an attorney and I'm trying to explain to them, this is what is happening to me. And they were like, mm -hmm. if you don't have proof of physical abuse, <laughs> this isn't enough. Yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? Yes. And that's, that's unfortunate. You know, that's unfortunate. It's, it's so unfortunate. It's, and I, and I do believe that unfortunately this is how many homicides occur um, from yes. domestic violence, because if it's not seen, it didn't happen. And, and suicides. We, and suicides. Yeah. Melody, we have to continue to have these conversations until one day we're sitting on Capitol Hill having this conversation. Um, because that people understand that this is just as damaging as a fist to the face, if not worse. Yeah. Most if not worst. Um, so we have a couple of different uh, comments coming through and I, and I know we're going to wrap it up. Norman, Norman right. thank you so much for sending us so many messages. Norman um, shared that he's been diagnosed with CPTSD. Okay. Um, 
And uh, let's see, most of you don't. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Absolutely. Most abusers do not change. That is so, so true. He says that's a fact. Um, um, We all have narcissistic traits. Um, There are a spectrum and they have it too much. That is true. (laughs) Yeah, they have a little extra. Um, and, And we have to be careful. When not to not to empathize so much with the abuser that we stay accepting their behavior because we feel sorry for that nine year old child that keeps showing up in our relationship. You know, whenever they lash out, you know, it's like they just revert back to being that nine, 10, 12 year old kid that experienced their own abuse. We have to be careful not to over empathize with them or we'll stay in it. Um, so we have to be careful. So it's a slippery slope. But if you're listening you know, there's so much help out there and you can always leave us messages and, and I will send you all kinds of information to support you and to in some support groups because I we just have to be, it's, we have to be careful. I wish it was criminalized, Melody. I just, I, I really do. Um, because of the damage that I see this personality disorder doing to so many people, um, intentionally and unintentionally, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I would, uh, before we leave, I just want to let people know that sure. stay, you're in a you know in a dilemma where you're trying to figure out whether or not you should stay I'll say being in a narcissistic relationship or, or being um, in a narcissistic abusive relationship it kills all your potential like I'm totally a testimony like yeah and I say this because you spend your waking day and hour trying to figure out at some point it gets so bad you're trying to figure out what's going on how do I piece this together you're trying to juggle work you're 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 managing your marriage how to fix everybody if you take all of that time and energy right on bettering yourself you will find Um, out what your real potential is yes you know and and I feel as though for myself I have achieved in in one year or a year and a half, I'd say 18 months, mm-hmm. more in a year and a half than I did in almost 15, 20 years. Wow. And that's mm-hmm. what happens. It's like you let the floodgates open because now you can take all that time and energy and focus on, you know, yeah. you know, improving yourself, yeah. finding out what your gifts are. Who is you? Who are you? Yeah. You know, yeah. What do you really like? What do you really want out of life? You know, what yes. are your dreams? Pursue your dreams. That's too much energy. I remember one time and I had like a revelation and I was like praying and I would say, you know, every now and then God softened his heart, you know, yeah. God helped show him. And then one time I literally in my head and I know it was God talking to me, like, you know, because it's a thought. Yeah. I said, Seek me like you seek in that man. You know, and I will show you some amazing things. Mm-hmm. Stop praying for him and pray to me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, pray for mm-hmm. me to be evident in your life and mm-hmm. not a man. And once you seek me first, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. But just to let people know, man, you know, they never change. Focus on yourself, leave. And then mm-hmm. one morning I'll say, never confront a narcissist. <laughs> Don't bother. <laughs> I talk listen. I talk about it in the book, and it's called the title is called plotting. Okay. Yes. Plotting. <laughs> if you feel as though your spouse is a narcissist and you're leaving, never. 
Put all your cards on the table and say that you're leaving. Never. You plan discreetly. You save your money. Yeah. You get your credit together. You slowly find where you want to live. Mm-hmm. You know, you plan this and then you execute. But, in the, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I talk about also in the book. Yes. So it's not just um, talking about the abuse or uncovering childhood trauma. It's also steps to take on how to get out of the situation, how to create a healthier community and um, space to help you sustain as you go through it, you know, yeah. through the healing process and how to also cultivate new healthy relationships. Yes. And another thing I like to add, don't jump from one relationship to another. Narcissistic abuse is very damaging, very. And when you go through something like that, you're not emotionally equipped. No matter how much you think you've come out of it, yeah. you want to experience <laughs> love, you're only going to re-victimize yourself. You're not emotionally equipped to jump into another relationship. You have got to do the work and slowly heal yourself, you know, so that you can gravitate towards you, the love, you know, that you want to give and you can receive. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and, and you said you said it already, already, Mel. You said that the healing process, it's, it's continual. It's not, I've yeah. escaped, I've left, and now I'm better. No, there is, you know, you still have a process, but you got to plan. You got to plot. You got this. You know, you got to leave. Come home and say, I'm leaving you. (laughs) You got to leave in the cloak of darkness. Yeah, you be like me all of a sudden get fouled. uh, uh, Death charges and IRS audit. You be like, whoa, what happened? I just wanted to leave. Uh, no. I just wanted to leave. They're like, the hell you will. You will leave and not have a job. You will leave and look, be in jail um, somewhere. So. Yes, yeah. yes. While, while they are smearing your name. Um, so, so Tammy left this message. She said, I love the podcast content and the book is amazing. So proud of you, Melody Law. Please continue to educate and make our community aware of the many disorders. Absolutely, Tammy. Oh, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then we're going to shift up out of here. Um, this is from Pink Girl Teaches. That's our girl, Joy. <laughs> this is, yes, this is an awesome conversation. Thank you for this. Thank you for joining us, Joy. We love you and we love the work that you're doing out there. You know, you, I don't, I, you, you recognize who that is, right, Melody? Yes, I do. Yeah. Oh my God. I love her work. I, she is yeah. always putting it down. So anyone watching, y'all go follow Pink Girl Teaches. If you want to know anything else about narcissism, one, please yeah, go one follow One of the her. authentic ones, I will oh, say. I <laughs> love her. I love her. And she knows her yeah. stuff. I love it. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And so Norman, he says, I'm from England. Where do I purchase your book? Let's talk about oh, that. Let's talk about that. So you can purchase my book through Amazon. So um, he's, he's in England. Yes. Yeah, and it's uh, worldwide. So whatever his link is for Amazon, he can do that. Huh? I'm also available on Target.com. I don't know if they have Targets. <laughs> hey, Target.com. Yeah, Walmart. Uh, uh-huh. what else? Walmart as well? Yeah, Barnes & Noble. Are you everywhere? <laughs> I'm almost everywhere. We're getting there. I love it. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Barnes and Noble. Okay, so we're gonna just throw that up there real quick. So here you go, check it out. You can go and get the book. I think I ordered it from Amazon. Yeah. I think so. Oh, you can order oh. Amazon, yeah. And it's also um, ebook is there, and we're working on now. Um, nice audio book. So 
Okay. All right. I love it. So Norman, I hope that you got that. Um, uh, Amazon, I think, I mean, of course you can order on Amazon. Yeah, and, and sure. Sure. There's another Charlie's Secret. So if you pay attention to the cover, um, make sure you, you can just uh, search Charlie's Secret by mm-hmm. Melody Law. Yes. And you have very, the various links that it's available. Yes, yes, yes. Look, look, don't worry. Don't worry. Our, our <laughs> viewers are holding us down. Thank you. Okay. Thank <laughs> you right. so much for having me. And hopefully somebody benefits from this conversation. And it's yeah. just really nice to have this, um, you know, very uh, informal, you know, chat. Girl sipping my tea on the yes. couch. Okay. <laughs> That's, what we do here. That's what we do here, the relationship zone. We talk about love, life, and all things relationships. I want people yeah. to be comfortable. I want you to know it's a safe space. Um, and it's a space where we learn from each other. We talk, we share our own lived experiences. Um, and oftentimes I do have subject matter experts, but I love learning from those that that has lived the life. And so I appreciate you coming, offering your story, writing this amazing book, um, and just being in my own healing circle. I can, I really appreciate that. Um, like I said, people don't know our story, but I just appreciate that the universe decided to link us together and, um, and I'm able to watch what you're doing and saving the lives that you're saving and changing. So I, I'm I'm so honored by that. Thank you so much, Queenie. And I thank yeah. you for also being authentic, you know, and organic. You're so yes. real. And I always talk about that, you know, like one of the the real ones. One of the yes. <laughs> so, yes. you know, I truly I truly appreciate that. And you 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 rely very much so on your um your knowledge, you know, yeah. and not always opinion. You know, yes, so. yes, and yes. I appreciate that for sharing the knowledge with the community yeah. and helping us become. Absolutely, that. absolutely. So, to our viewers, you know, I just want to thank um, all of you that viewed and watched and shared this show. You'll be able to find it. It'll, it'll be on YouTube, of course. You'll be able to find it on Facebook. You'll also be able to find it on our podcast, um, which will be uploaded here in a couple of days. You'll be able to catch it on Spotify. Um, Apple, Google, and all those other wonderful places that you listen to your podcast. And so with that being said, um, one, I want you all to go over and like the page, subscribe, do all the things that you need to do so that you don't miss any more podcasts. But Melody, is there anything that you want to leave with the viewers or the listeners before we wrap up tonight? Yes. I also want to tell people if you're in a situation like this, whether it's um, just physical abuse, any type of abusive situation, in the meantime, don't get discouraged if you can't find it out immediately. You know, I understand sometimes there are financial challenges. Um, you know, there may be some other challenges hindering you for you to not be able to make the move as quickly and swiftly as you want to. But in the meantime, be patient with yourself. Um, find a safe space. And I also say that some type of um, outlet is so important and necessary. I know for me with horses, everybody ain't into horses. <laughs> but it can be crocheting. I mean, I don't know, roller skating, um, going to the gym. You have got to preserve your mental health space in the meantime and be patient with yourself and just slowly plan. And I'm telling you, develop your relationship with God. And once you put your trust and faith in him, I'm telling you, he will carry you the rest of the way. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Melody. Yes. I have to say to you, thank you so much for this. And oh, thank you again for having me. <laughs> yes. I, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I, you know, you writing this book, telling your story, and for people that really know you and know 
the history, know your ex and all those things. We we've seen you stand in spite of. And um it's amaz- amazing for me to witness firsthand the courage that it has taken for you to do this. And and I I I I just love what you're doing for our community. And I say our community, I'm speaking of one, black women, two, women and survivors of abuse, especially those being abused by MPD. So I, I'm I'm so thankful for what you're doing. Continue the great work. Um, be not weary and well-doing. <laughs> yes, be not weary and well-doing because um, I know it has not been easy. Uh, I, know, I know it has not, but know that people like myself are praying for your strength and we are sending you love, light, and all things positive over there on that West Coast because your journey is just beginning, you know, um, because you're you're telling a story that so many of us can relate to, and it is powerful, and it's reaching across to England, yeah. <laughs> saving yeah. and impacting lives. So thank you, Melody, for what you're doing, and thank you for stopping by the Relationship Zone. Thank you. I'm telling everybody, thank you for being on and listening, sending everybody love, light, and healing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. You are welcome here anytime, anytime, okay? All right. Bye, everybody. All right, Melody. Okay. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Melanie is so amazing. I had such a great time talking with her. Listen, go get this book. Go get the book. There's so much food in it for you to eat. Um. And I think it's going to help save and change lives. So thank you all for watching and for tuning in. Um, go out there and follow follow Melody Law. You can follow her on all the social media. Um, you can also check out the Relationship Zone pages and her contact, her follow will be there. Um, and if you need any other information, leave us a message, leave me a note on Facebook or on IG or even on YouTube. And um, I'll try to get the information to you. So thank you again for joining me tonight. It's your girl, Queenie. I am out of here. And remember to always be kind and be courageous and be you. I'll talk to y'all soon.